Hello everyone, welcome to BYOB Podcast. We're very, was that very close, aren't we? I know. This <laughs> is, this is, this is, it's it. going to take some getting really used to it, I've only ever spoken to you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you feel properly catfished, yeah, don't you? I know, I know what's going on here. Yeah. He doesn't look like pictures. Yeah. Um, <laughs> special version of the pod today. Why is it a special version of the pod? Well, not only are we recording the pod in person. <laughs> and really into it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I'm liking this whole like Malcolm and Wise <laughs> two Ronnie's thing we got going on here. There's one for the younger audience. Um, we've got a guest on our first guest today. I can't believe it. I'm so okay. excited. We, it's Mr. Jack Gallagher. Hello. How are you Hi, doing? Yes. Well, how, can I ask you? How would you? If let's just say someone had written your introduction, mm-hmm. like what would you have? Like gentleman, writer, director, lover. That kind uh, of vibe. Probably something like Jack Hussey's only Irish friend. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he can only have one. Can only have one. Such you know, a good yeah. point as well. <laughs> such a good point. Um, thanks so much for, for coming on. What like thanks for we, we should firstly say congratulations, shouldn't we? Because you not only had a show at Edinburgh last year, but you have one at Edinburgh this year as well. No. <laughs> Has it got a vibe? We haven't talked about it. <laughs> God, she hasn't left. Has <laughs> <laughs> it got is it fallen foul? Yeah, fell foul in the big way. So the week before, we were supposed to go down to Edinburgh. Bags were packed and everything. Well, the actors pulled out. No! Uh, just didn't have time. But mate, actually, tell, tell everyone what you do, actually. Maybe this will kind of like fill people in a little bit. Yeah, so I write plays like a fucking loser. And <laughs> <laughs> They're quality, mate. We Thanks both went to see your last one. Thanks. The, the Best yeah. Pints, which was yes. absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, so we had a play called The Fear, which is about the worst hangovers. I have a lane, so I do, <laughs> um, as you can tell. <laughs> so, yeah, we were supposed to bring out the Edinburgh booked and everything. We are supposed to do eight nights. And then Love and Erasmus changed for only actors from London and the week before pulled out and we just oh, could not man. get a turn around in time. So, but in better news, uh, we booked it to do it in London in October for five nights. Sick. Oh, down man. in Kennington in White Bear Theatre. So if you're around there, anyone listening to this, Come down and Can see Can you it. get tickets now? Like, as in, is it not already? yet. Not yet. We're going to plug this massively, yeah. aren't we, Thanks on the pod, and we'll be yeah. there front row. Thank you. Also, as for the actor who pulled out, do you want me to go around and kick his head? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to... Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll send us a dress. I'll send us a dress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a load of billiard balls in a sock, yeah. me and Jack, just to go around. Watch mate. There's a film podcast after you. I love it. Absolutely love it. I thought it would be nice, whilst we've got you here, to mix it up, because usually what we would do is we would sort of say have you been to the cinema this week and then we'd run through mm. what we've been at cinema but because we've got a guest I wondered if you could tell us what the first film that you saw at the cinema was oh my god Ooh. first one uh, I don't know if it's the first one but it's the first one that's come to mind memory yeah um, you know Rugrats film where they all go to Paris Rugrats in Paris yeah. was it, uh, I think it's called that yeah Rugrats in Paris you, go on, give us this the, give us the kind of like the breakdown I think the synopsis in my head is they go to Paris and none of their parents think they can talk but then the wee guy Chucky says no <laughs> this is his first word he's trying to stop a wedding or something and he says no and then for the whole next season he just says no to his parents <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the legacy of Rugrats yeah. in Paris I love it <laughs> I, I saw a random episode the other day. I can't, I can't remember how. I think it's because I've got the new TV and there's all these channels on it and stuff like that. And Rugrats was on, but they're all like 
teenagers and stuff. All, oh, no uh, way. Like young adults. Oh, really? like college now. Yeah. They've aged them up appropriately. That's is, really weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. Because I remember watching it on, um, do you remember Live and Kicking? Oh, I do, mate. God, I'm so old. Yeah. That's so tragic. I mean, I just <laughs> made a Morecambe and Wise You're safe. You're safe. Right? <laughs> but if you haven't seen, or if you never saw Live and Kicking, or if you're too young, which is perfectly reasonable, mm. it was basically, wasn't it like maybe eight, nine in the morning Saturday on Saturday mornings, mornings yeah. and it would have like cartoons and like random other stuff and I think it might have featured a young Zoe Ball yeah was you yeah, young Zoe Ball and who was the male presenter I can't remember who the foil was actually you know I'm too That's young bad. for this. I just want to. Yeah, just are you? Are you too young for this? Yeah, yeah, you are because Rugrats. Yeah. I just looked. The Rugrats movie in Paris was 2000. Oh yeah. So you are youthful, yeah. very, Younger. very youthful. And producer Purdy, we were just, we were just. Um, actually, I can't say this out loud, but long story short, we were just uh, putting a number in to open a padlock, and it, he had to put his year on it and uh, his year of his birth and it made me so depressed <laughs> <laughs> was it 2015 yeah <laughs> Jesus <laughs> pretty sure that I had like gone through puberty by the time <laughs> he was born it's horrendous um, okay right so uh, welcome to the show Mr Gallagher what is our film for this week so when I got asked to pick one I just like completely forgot about every film that I'd ever seen in my life. And then me and Hussey were doing uh, your Tottenham podcast. And I was like, I don't know what film to pick. I'm not sure. Like I was thinking like maybe like a Rocky. And then you got super excited. And I was like, okay, decision made. Uh, And the reason why I ended up picking Rocky and why it was in my mind is because a few weeks ago, I was just sitting in on a Saturday, watched some crap film on Amazon Prime. And I was flicking through the channels after and clicked on to ITV4 and Rocky 3 was on and it was the bit where uh, Rocky's fighting Thunderlips. And I was like, this, is, this is amazing. I need to rewatch these films again because Rocky's like as a series was like the films that I used to watch like on repeat as a child. Oh, no way. I was obsessed. Really? Obsessed. Like I had the Rocky there was like a Rocky Balboa game and also there was Yeah there was. Yeah. That was really good. Is it, it was Rocky- great. Two or Rocky three with the painting freeze frame at the end of him and Rocky three. three. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, because he yeah. he sort of made a promise to him, didn't he, that he would that if he trained him up. Yeah, for the third <clears> fight, <throat> we never knew what happened in that fight. But or no, we did. We found out in Creed that Apollo won, right? Didn't we? Yeah, Apollo Creed yeah. won. I think we found out. Yeah. yeah. So it was my like childhood film in a way that like I think I was actually trying to think about like like trying to remember what I was thinking. As like a child, when I was like nine, like rewatching Rocky constantly <laughs> and like shadowboxing in my living room and all. And I think it was like he was like essentially like my equivalent of like like a Batman or a Superman or something. He was kind of my like superhero growing up as a child and got on the boxing and all after it. Never learned how to box, as you can tell from this, whatever this is. <laughs> but you know, loved the films and loved watched it. And that's from where it whatever came. this is. Yeah. <laughs> if you can call these arms, go for it. Did you ever have a go at boxing though? Do you ever like even do a lesson or something like that? Oh, no, I, it's weird though because like my actual family. Um, is quite big on boxing one of my cousins weirdly is actually the number four ranked middleweight in the world according to WBA it's called Connor Coyle shout out Connor Coyle and one of my great uncles was like one of the head uh, amateur boxing referees in Ireland so he was so they and, held and up you're a play right, Jack. And there you go. You know that's <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. no toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that's 
That's I write about beer like a man. True. So, true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I'm holding up my end of that bargain. Do you feel like Jack sufficiently explained the film, or should we get him to do the, the spoilers in character? I think it was. Uh, do you know what? I think it was a bit waffly. I think we yeah. need something more succinct. <laughs> you were, okay, fine. That, that could fit into a segment, if you like. Oh. Okay. Could I? I tell you, I'll do. I'll get it on here then. 60 seconds on the clock. Oh, oh, here we go. I've seen you do this quite a few times and I've been like, oh my God. Yeah, it's I'm actually never going to be able to do this. And well, I knew they're going to ask me to do it. I flop almost every time. Oh. He's annoyingly good at it. I, I, I practice looking into the mirror every time. You ready? So 60 seconds on the clock okay. to spoil the film Rocky. Three, two, one. Off we go. Okay, so heavyweight champion of the world of Prowl Creed needs a, uh, an opponent for his fight on New Year's Eve. And he only has five weeks to pick one. One of his his actual opponent is a stress of me. His opponent like broke his arm or something, so he did. And he's looking for something. He's looking for some way. <laughs> he's looking for some way to keep the fight going. So he looks through all these random names. He finds the name Italian Stallion. Thirty Next seconds. Dad, <laughs> serious? <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. <laughs> Enter Rocky Balboa. <laughs> a complete loser from Philadelphia boxing records like something mental like he's lost like 20 odd fights in his career you've seen the first fight in it you know he's a terrible fighter but anyways he gets this shot one in a million and he trains really 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 super hard falls in love with Garrett we'll talk about all that jazz uh, when we get up there properly falls in love with uh, fights Rock Apollo Creed uh, goes the distance <laughs> that was really hard that is just genuinely that was really like, hard the thing is, is like, I've had a few people say to me like where, um, in comments and stuff why, like, why do you sort of not just explain the film <laughs> like, just, like, it's really easy, like, when, you're, when you're actually doing it like it's really stressful shut up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remembered when you said that though one thing that came up straight away I'd forgotten there is that bit in it where it gives his record it's like 60 professional fights or something like really? 23 defeats yeah, or something like that he's lost like so Many yeah, fights. yeah. Because you know, in my head, going into this, I was, I was, what I'd loosely remembered about Rocky is that like he was like this underground fighter who was a bum, and he was fighting kind of, you know, cans. What is it? What are they call tomato cans or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the bad fighters. Yeah, the but I, I had it in my head that he was like the shit out of them, though. That he was like he was knocking them all out, bashing them all to bits. But then when I watched that first, like the first fight again, because I, I think it's been about ten years at least since I've seen this film back. Yeah, oh, I'm watching. I'm watching Rocky One in ages. Yeah, and so when I was watching this back, I was like, I don't remember him being shit. I don't remember yeah, that being yeah. like the, the <clears throat> thing about it. Proper terrible. Do like, you reckon that might be because in the other films he's always good? Mm. Yeah, he is really especially in Rocky Three. He's amazing in Rocky Three. Yeah. He's yeah. so fast and also is, and he's also so lean in this film. He's like kind of. He's, he's lean, like, I'm not slagging him off, like, look at me, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not the way he ended up being. He's not, yeah, like, yeah. that 80s, like, action <clears throat> figure, so he's not at this point, so he's not. Yeah, he's at the beginning, he's quite bulky, and he fights that guy, Spider Rico, mm -hmm. who yeah. became a bit of a cult figure, didn't he, in the kind of, like, rocky sort of... Yeah. I, I get mythology or whatever you'd call it. Like, he sort of... Be, and I think he crops up in Rocky Balboa. Does he? Yeah, Tell me he about does. it, because yeah, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've completely missed this one. So Rocky, basically, when he got to, when <clears throat> when we got through the films, I think Rocky Five 
was when it started getting out of control and that's why everyone started making the memes of Rocky in space and it's like <laughs> and Adrian's going like you can't win Rock there's no oxygen he's like well, there's no oxygen for him either <laughs> but, but, but I think in Rocky 6 they basically were like <laughs> they, they're like they, they said um, basically he tried to like write off Rocky 5 and finish it properly like, and they called it Rocky Balboa and he had Spider Rico working behind the bar in his in his restaurant that he owned, oh, which that's, is that's quite cool. a that's nice, really nice. Yeah. Um, But I wanted to I wanted to put your brains on this, Jack, straight away because I was I always think this is kind of like the first thing we should tackle, and it's like what the themes are in the film or what is the mm. overriding theme of the film because at first I, I don't know about you guys but I remembered it always like as just like an underdog kind of yeah. uplifting boxing story but when I was watching it again now and I seen the amount of shots of him just wandering around the streets on his own I was like oh maybe there's more of an identity crisis <laughs> thing going on yeah, yeah, yeah. that I just totally yeah. missed it's mad how empty Philadelphia is in this film as well like I know they have no money but like was no one living in Philadelphia in 1967 <laughs> yeah. or 76 but yeah I think I remember as a child in my head this film was like scraps this is just a boy scrapping yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't want to fight but the second one he wants to fight and it just goes from there so in my head I remember vividly thinking that all the fights in Rocky 1 in particular were way way longer but then re-watching it it's not it's like 10 minutes at the end of the film is the fight itself and then you have the fight at the start then the montage the actual montage in this one's like quite short as well so it is they get mental at the end like Rocky 4 is like an hour and a half of a montage and then like three hour fight (laughs) it's insane but um like looking at this time it was more of like a and i suppose this is maybe why it won best picture and stuff which we might come to later on is like it's more of like a character thing it's more just about this guy down on his luck uh this kind of guy that you not necessarily not the hero but a guy that sometimes is kind of hard to root for at times but like is like a gentle soul deep down somewhere and when you get to the fight you do want them to win the fight and i think it's kind of that and i think generally it's less of a sports movie than i thought it was uh watching it this time around it's more of like a really straight dramatic film yeah there's a lot of stuff at the beginning as well isn't there as well like we like you said, you get the fight at the beginning and there's like loads of stuff of him just kind of like doing these fairly sort of average tasks. Well, I, I think like one of the big things that I, again, just completely just gone from, from my memories that he was like a mob enforcer as I well. I forgot yeah. that. Right? Yeah. That he's going around like threatening to break people's <laughs> thumbs and stuff for $20 or whatever it was. Like, I was suddenly like, is he like... He's kind of like, he's not, he's not a bad guy, but I, I think what it really captured really well in the film, because you said, right, you said that the, <laughs> when you pitched it to us last week, you were like, we're going to have a nice, like, feel-good film. I was watching, like, the first, like, half hour of this film. I was it's like... It's not that long. <laughs> this is miserable. Yeah, it's quite bleak. Really quite bleak. It's so bleak, and they capture that <clears throat> so well. Like, Charlotte always, like, she always has a problem, because I, I, I've kind of got a bit of a, like a niche for I quite like really dour miserable 1970s British stuff Day of the Triffids Threads um, Pender's Fen there's like there's these sort of BBC type productions that just show kind of like Britain when it was in these kind of like the the recesses of like poor government control everybody's skin 
everything looks a bit brown, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And (laughs) watching this film, I was like, God, that was obviously like shit. That's why, I guess that's why everyone got such a hard on for like the Reagan and Thatcher years when suddenly the 80s came along Mm. and everyone's fucking loaded and doing loads of coke and everything like that (laughs) because everyone had been so skint in the 70s. Yeah. And I, I really felt like this film, it completely... You, you you felt like you re- like you really felt the opportunity he was getting right this guy getting a shot against the heavyweight champion of the world you kind of you forget all the like oh, that wouldn't happen that wouldn't happen you're like whatever I'm going to lose myself to the fantasy element of this of this guy getting the the golden ticket yeah. like Wonka's ticket to the factory yeah. kind of thing and you're like let's go with this and it, 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 it's it, I what really captured me was as soon as he got that opportunity how you see everybody around him coming out of the woodwork as well yeah like because we really were talking about Mick weren't we I I because you know you had the 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 whole thing of like oh, I didn't I forgot that he was an enforcer I always thought of, of Mickey as a good guy yeah sure and then right. when I watched this at the beginning yeah. I was like he's a baddie yeah. he's horrible he's so nasty yeah. man like I sort of forgotten that he had. Like there was some really like grubby stuff at the yeah. beginning, like really really grubby. Yeah. But, but but then when he has that, moment, I, I don't think I'm jumping ahead too much. But like when he kind of has that moment with Rocky, when he when he says, "Look, I'm, I'm pitching myself to you. I, I want to be a manager. You need a manager." Well, he doesn't say it first. He doesn't yeah. say himself. He hints at it, and you can tell Rocky is like, "Say it to me." Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So he's 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 stringing him along because he's like, "You have to ask me. You have to say it to me. I'm not going to offer it to you." Yeah. You have to ask me. And he's still, oh, you need a manager because what you need is this and I've learned all this stuff. And it's like you really know? like, like for, for like this yeah. sort of slimy yeah. on you when he, when he came, comes in, it's like, oh, it's a nice place. But, nice place. Like, you're like, but it's that moment, isn't it, when Rocky locks the door on him and he just says, I'm 76 years old, yeah. you know, and, and you know he's having that realisation, I've never trained the champ. I've never yeah. had that mm-hmm. opportunity. This opportunity has never come for me in my life either. Like, and suddenly bang, this sort of perfect Everyone storm is here. And so you forgive him because you get it. They're all just, yeah. you, like you were saying, like you were both saying, there's only one fight at the end, but there's a fight throughout the whole film. No, 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 Everyone's fighting to survive. This isn't your first podcast. Put them up. I have a little quiz question for you. Do you know, do you know how long into the film that this, like, it's just quite interesting how long into the film it is before he gets that offer? I would say oh, it felt good. long. I would say about an hour. <clears throat> very, very close. It's basically an hour. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But isn't wow. that interesting that they've spent that long? Like they spend that long just kind of like you said, just showing you how crap his situation yeah, is. Everything is, is so bad. Everything is like, for this guy. Yeah. And then it heightens everything later, so it does totally. because you see how bad his life was. And also you see how bad a fighter he was at the start. That really stood out to me. One thing that really stood out to me as well is like he walks around all the time like like shadow boxing and like, <laughs> yeah. moving, his head, like and moving his head and all. Ball stress ball yeah, thing he's got. Yeah, it's throwing like, that around is all the time. What is it? I took I it as just being a stress ball yeah. or something, but but like I think it might be like a stick ball. I think that's what it is. Uh, like right, stick ball okay. in the street at some point now as well. And like it's so funny, like watching like him move around and do all these movements and all. And then when you see him in the first fight, he is just like completely stationary, yeah. not moving a muscle, yeah. so, so flat footed. Yeah. So like it's it's one of those ones. Like for me, I just think you need everything before you need all those moments and uh, like there are some moments in it where like I'm kind of like fucking mate 
it is kind of dragging a wee bit at times where especially the bit where he goes round to the children in the corner of the street and he's like telling the girls he's what like was that? <laughs> well, like, like, what that was, was that? such a random it's part so of the, weird. the and film and he just right? called him like go away creepo yeah. and he's like yeah what do you know <laughs> she does that weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey rock after he's doing that thing screw you creepo yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a creepo yeah, like and he sort of like speaks to himself as he's yeah. walking yeah. He's up like, mm. he's like telling her like oh if you like yo-yos you get yo-yo friends and all yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then it, and then he just sort of randomly calls a 12 year old a whore yeah. <laughs> he's like why have you done that he's like I don't want to call you this like I really yeah. don't want to call you this but you know but, like listen but, you know, if the boot fits yeah. like, well, <laughs> you, you could just not you, know? <laughs> yeah. you, you could have stopped with your initial conviction like, but, but it's the idea of that that we're meant to think that like, oh he's a good guy like he's I actually think is, like, I think a lot guy. of it is these saving the cat moments for Rocky where mm. there are times where like he's like uh, helping a loan shark get money but he doesn't want to break the guy's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and stuff and the boy's like I'll I'll give you seventy dollars and I'll I'll wrap up my thumb and pretend it's broken and stuff like that there to kind of like help but it's it's one of those I think they're trying to make us like Rocky the whole say. way through and, and sympathize with him the whole time and there's one thing I read about what Sylvester Stallone uh, wanted to do with the character was he wanted to show someone that might look like a bully, but deep down he isn't that, and mm. you need to like not judge a book by a cover. Corny way of saying it, but that sort of thing of not judging this guy just because he looks like a big brute in the way he carries himself. He's actually deep down quite a sensitive guy, and I think a lot of that comes in with the animals and stuff. Where yeah, he's like, yeah. he comes in yeah. after the fight, and he's looking after his two wee turtles, and then he's looking after his goldfish and stuff they got there, and then. He's like one of my favorite wee bits in the start of it is when he goes up to the uh, the mirror and is talking about what's in the turtle food, like practicing his yeah. joke for the yeah. next day yeah. when he goes yeah. in. They talk to yeah. uh, Talia Sayers, Gary Adrian in it, and he's like those wee things do make him really, really endearing. So do so. Yeah, there's a lot of time before the actual plot comes in because even when I was trying my best to do that sixty second thing. I kind of pulled the everything that happens like an hour into the film to the front because that's yeah. the plot. Whereas none of that actually happens until like halfway through the film. So, but the only reason that works is because you have mm. all these moments with Rocky before that. Because the funny thing that I found quite interesting about like about Rocky is it is a real like in some respects it's a real narrative driven piece, right? It's about a bum fighting the heavyweight champion of the world. It should be quite cookie cutter, but it actually is. I guess it's sort of owing to the fact it. I believe it's it was a very low budget, if not independent production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super low budget. Um, <clears throat> it is actually a bit of a character piece, really. The film, because like, mm-hmm. what we're saying is two hours long, ten minutes of boxing right at the end. What you actually have is a lot of people living, like it's, it's showing you that cross section of society, people living in this really dysfunctional fashion of this. Guy who, like you say, you know, he he he's thirty, I think, when the film is, is set. Yeah. And he still kind of thinks, oh, I'm going to be somebody. I'm still going to be like the champ. I'm still going to be number one. And you think, you're just some mob enforcer that walks around calling 12-year-olds whores, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think they, the way that they shoot Philadelphia as well is really good for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that everything looks like... The, 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 people always talk about like urban decay don't they but this is not it, it hadn't got to a point where Philadelphia wasn't in use you yeah, know it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 very yeah, much yeah, like yeah. Philadelphia as well have you, have you guys ever been? no not to Philadelphia, I haven't no. have you? yeah so I went for a, a women's football competition she believes Cup mm. had a game there 
and I stayed in, uh, we just booked an Airbnb in like a part of town we could find one in. And it really struck me as soon as you got there that it's literally like, um, it's kind of like, you know how in London, maybe you walk a hundred meters and you can go from relative poverty to, yeah. to kind of unbelievable wealth. Like it feels like Philadelphia doesn't really have the unbelievable wealth bit. It just has like, you can walk from kind of poverty into, wow, this is bad. You know, and then really? and then you can sort of go to the other end of it, and we see the kind of the more sort of museum quarter yeah. and all of that, where where he runs up the steps, and it's all quite nice. But if you take a wrong turn, it, it can feel like a wrong turn. And even when there's the kind of the big thing of like, if you go to Philadelphia, you go and get Philly cheesesteak from the the special places, like two or three places in this area. We went there kind of like midnight because we had a flight the next day. It felt genuinely uncomfortable, and it, this was like the biggest tourist attraction. This is not like to, to shit on Philadelphia because I thought it was cool and it had a charm to it, and it does have like a it does have a lot of like nice parts to it. It just, it felt like, um, it really felt like a city or a place that was the kind of, it felt like it was the ugly cousin of New York. Yeah. It felt mm. like it was the like, oh, we're the also runs. Like they are the underdogs, almost like there is an underdog spirit to the place anyway. And when you see the way they do these B-roll shots or just him just walking on his own, everything just looks a bit bleak. Mm. It all looks yeah. a bit like, oh God, like this is not a nice environment to be in. And his, his apartment is grim. The gym is disgusting. Like it just looks so sort of like deadbeat that you actually, before you even get to that point where he's given a, a carrot, there's been no uplifting part of the film. His relationship with everyone around him is quite shit. Like he's on his own. He lives on his own. Is Paulie like his best mate? Would you say? He seems like a old school friend, doesn't he? In a way, like he seems like this guy who he grew up with that he feels some sort of responsibility be, to be his friend, but he's also Paulie's just a bit of a dick. That was one of my big takeaways from yeah. the whole film. He's actually a really terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every way in my simple. Like even, the, the, that was another thing. Like, even at the end, when there seems to be a little bit of a redemption there, it's not like, you never go like, oh, he's sort of forgiven Paulie. It's just like, it's just nasty. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. horrid. Yeah. It's just a real crap. But do you not, oh. like, by the end, feel that, like, that just the... The sort of the pain that he has because his life is just going nowhere and yeah. he knows it and he's in this situation like we're talking about this kind of city where there's no opportunity. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing at all. <clears throat> where like, you know, <laughs> when he's like, he's desperately begging without actually asking Rocky for a job that was to a have really some of this sequence. 100 grand that Rocky's been given. I think it's 100 or 120 grand. 150. I think. 150 grand. And he just wants just a piece of it. Just wants a bit of it. But Rocky's just like straight away, like, what can he teach me? Nothing. Yeah. No, I'm not just gonna give it to him. Like, it's and it's. I think that's done. I think that's done quite nicely, and I think it it feels very real. I think you really feel that between Paulie and Rocky, the 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 awkwardness of them being old friends of you know Paulie kind of actively encouraging like yeah go on get with my sister because that'll be good you're my mate you're a good guy and whatever i want her to be happy i want you to be happy so you know there is this something in there of him being this nice guy but wanting that money and rocky knowing that he wants a bit of the money and paulie knowing that really he adds no value to this proposition and everyone kind of doing this dance around it and you you can feel that you can imagine that sort of situation you can imagine 
whoever might come out if you won the lottery one day yeah, yeah, who might come and say to you oh how you doing mate or you know this kind of thing or the old uncle that's always been a knob to you or whatever you know yeah. like suddenly has a project or an investment opportunity <laughs> or just a little idea for you mate. yeah but exactly. it was, that was really nicely done because paulie's also super stubborn yeah. That mm. he wouldn't yeah. let it go. Like, he wouldn't give it away until the end when we get that lovely payoff with shamrock meats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the back of his, He's walking out with my kidneys like, I didn't train you to be a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good line. Really, really good. Um, I wanted to ask very quickly, um, before we move on and sort of deep dive on Rocky, why do you, why do you think... Because I'm very similar to you. Like when I was growing up, I watched these films and I would sit, we spoke about this before, but I would have recorded them off like Channel 5 as mm. well when they've been on TV. I would have recorded them and gone back and watched them over and over and over. Why do you think we are so drawn to the underdog story? I think it's just the, when you're growing up, you always like, I'm sure you were the same loving football, but you wanted to be a footballer. You wanted to be this like insane thing, like an astronaut or something like that. And then you watch a film like Rocky and it's this like pretty much a bit of a bum, like no money, no opportunities has come from clearly like some sort of like poor relationship with his family, has no friends really and stuff like that. And he is like as down and out as you can get, but he is someone who gets an opportunity. And then by putting work in, he ends up making the most of that opportunity. And I think that's just a really good life lesson for a young person, so it is. And it's a good film in a lot of ways for like parents, many parents out there, want to show their like 10-year-old son a film to like drive them on and show them what hard work and a bit of work ethic can do. Like this is a really good film to do that, so it is. So I think it's just, it's one of those films that I remember not really feeling the direness of the first hour yeah, or yeah. so but then the high at the end of this film is so high in a way that i think it's genuinely think it's one of the greatest endings to a film ever the last like three or four minutes of this film and just that four minute section if you can bottle that and find that in your life in some way that's what I, like a 10 year old and all and that's what i was doing when I was growing up watching these films, I was thinking about, God, imagine I could do something like that. That would be amazing. So it would. It's, I was just going to say, because it was quite interesting, because you touched on earlier um, the save the cat moment. Mm -hmm. And like for anybody that isn't aware, like there's a, there's a screenwriting Bible called Save the Cat written by somebody called Blake Snyder. And one of his, like the very basic uh, sort of tenets of this, of screenwriting, of script writing, everything that they say is you have to get the audience on side with your hero. So they have to have this moment at the start where they save the cat. So like you say, okay, we see Rocky's this enforcer, but he doesn't break the guy's thumb. But anyway, in, in part of this book, in part of the manifesto of, of Save the Cat, um, Blake Snyder sort of, he outlines, I think it's, is it, I think it's about eight solid story types that people will engage with and he, he, he will outline all of these and he will say go on now one of your tasks is go and watch some movies and see which movie falls into which different template and the more and more you look for it you're like okay i completely see this now i completely see how these things fit into it and i think there's one i think it's called golden ticket mm -hmm. and I, I, I that's pretty much what rocky falls into where you get the audience on side the audience are taken on the journey because they can see themselves in this thing. So it's it's normal guy or person, woman, 
whoever has something happen to them that is miraculous and completely changes their life. And I think that's, that's part of the thing with an underdog story, right? Because if we're not sort of rich and famous ourselves, we still always have dreams, we have hopes, we have aspirations. And we, we always find ourselves, you know, even if you, if you ever one day just buy a lottery ticket, you can't help but think yeah, like, what would God, if, yeah. yeah, God, 14 million pounds, what would I do with that? You know, and you start sort of spiraling off in your head. And these type of movies, like the underdog thing, it just captures that. It captures that kind of, that spirit of belief and of imagination, that almost like that childlike naivety that we all have yeah. of what would it be like if I did this thing yeah and it's so much easier for us to kind of get on board with that when you've spent that much time showing what a bum he is yeah and the fact yeah. that he's literally so down on his luck you, you it makes it all the more easy to kind of get on board with it he's also I, such a like childlike figure as well so he is he's as smart as you would imagine like a 10 year old i was like, just about to ask you this. so he is and do you like, think he's genuinely not smart i think there's a divide with him i don't think he's smart but i think he's like wise in some ways i think he's like morally there and school of hard he's emotionally <laughs> <laughs> university of life school of hard <laughs> <laughs> i think he's like emotionally quite wise and all he like understands he's quite aware of his relationships with all our characters in the in the film like he's quite aware of his relationship with polly he's kind of like a big brawler the polly in some way helping him out here and there and stuff and with Mickey, he's quite aware of um, any time that Mickey's needling him and stuff, and he's willing to confront that and all. And whereas, like someone who's not that wise in that way emotionally, maybe wouldn't see these things and really wouldn't like someone like Polly, for example, when he's being a bit of an arsehole to him, he doesn't have the emotional awareness to not just lash out at him all the time. So he doesn't, which is a really endearing thing about Rocky in the film. Yeah, that was one thing that sort of stuck with me as well is that. He keeps his temper really, really well. Mm. But we see him at the beginning of the film that it's his temper that snaps, that wins mm. him the fight. Mm. So at all points, you're kind of waiting for him. When Paulie's yeah. like pushing him, you're waiting for him to just smash Paulie's face in. I was trying to remember whether there was any point where he does just go at Paulie because I couldn't quite remember off the top I think of my there's head. A bit in when Paulie comes back from being out around Christmas time. Clearly a bit uh, tipsy. Yeah, yeah. I think he's actually holding a ten glass. <laughs> 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 Typical Polly. What a guy. Um, um, yeah, he comes back and he hears um, Rocky and Adrian talking about him behind his back, and he cracks up and <clears throat> he says all these terrible things about Adrian. And Rocky like pushes him down onto the sofa, and he looks like he's about to hit him. But I think he realizes then that like, well, if I hit this guy, we fucking kill him basically. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm not going to hit him, and like actually just holding on to him's enough. But I think that's the only point where you really feel like. Like he's got Paulie's yeah, talking to this point, so he has, and he's still not lashed out at him completely. Yeah, and also we kind of get it with the dialogue, right? That he sort of he's you feel like he's almost impatient with himself, mm. like with his dialogue. There's lots of like stumbly stuff, mm. lots of kind of very clunky dialogue, and I did wonder whether that was. Like, how much of that was intentional? How much of it was the fact that Stallone was quite an like, early writer at the time? Because, you know, you were saying about the budget thing. From what I remember, I could be chatting absolute bollocks here. I think he took a smaller budget so that he could lead in it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there was other bigger boats, is that right? Yeah, so, like, basically, when they were making the film, 
uh, I think it was United Artists wanted to take a film, these two producers, and they wanted to attach a big name actor to it. So they were looking at like Robert Redford and people like that. And when you look back at this film and think this would have been Robert Redford, it just does not match yeah, up yeah, at yeah. all in the slightest. Um, and he was basically, Sylvester Stone's idea of this film was, this is my one and only shot to do this. And I want to, if I'm going to fail with it, I want to fail with it completely and know that I wasn't just like living a lie this whole time, basically, of having this dream of becoming an actor, becoming a filmmaker, essentially. So he stuck to his guns and they cut the budget by, I think it was like three quarters they cut the budget by. They gave them like 25 days to film. So they did with the film. And basically, at any point in the film, the producers had the rights to just, if he came up as Sylvester Stallone came up to bat essentially and swung and missed really really badly and fell on his arse they could just cut him at any point so he did so it's really it's a really interesting thing about and I think it's like going through things about the actual production itself and how much the production and how much the film like they mirror each other in such a way where Sylvester Stallone really has this is his one shot he'll never get this shot again in as an actor as a filmmaker and like rocky at the end of it it worked out so it did and then he went on to have an incredible career but i read a thing about he was talking about the actual process of writing it and apparently he like painted all his windows black and wrote the film in like three days so he did and just like put himself in that mode wow. of like i'm just he basically said i don't even want to know when breakfast is because that'll just distract me from doing what I'm doing. But then you think about, like, he became, like, one of only two people ever to be nominated for screenplay and uh, best actor at the same time in the same year with, like, Charlie Chaplin and Orson Welles. And because he hated writing this film so much, he basically, the only films he ever really wrote after this were Rocky films, but he never really put himself in that position ever again because... He didn't need Danny anymore it because just it ticket. worked. Mm. Yeah, like it was right. Well, the budget for Rocky, the first Rocky, was nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Wow. Its box office returns two hundred and twenty-five million dollars. My God, it's like pound for pound. That's like one of the biggest successes. It's quite interesting time, to see that for inflation adjusted as well. But yeah, I'm not going to sit here and go. That's unreal, right now, though. And and the, you know what you're saying about his um, him not getting injuries. I think he got injured during one of the running sequences. And you actually see him limping at the top of the. At the oh top of the yeah, thing. yeah, and that was legit. Yeah. And Man. there was another sequence that he. So there were two other things. I know there was another sequence that he included, that was him going to the, to the arena on his own. They didn't have the budget to do that, and he insisted on doing it. And actually, it's like it's huge mm. that moment of him being on his own and seeing, that, his poster's got the wrong shorts on. I thought that was really yeah. telling, like, yeah. the moment, and so, that's kind of the thing that makes him realise. Apparently, that. that was a rewrite as well, because the guy who they sent, they asked to do the uh, painting of the uh, the trunks, just painted the wrong colour, and they couldn't afford to <laughs> no. paint the right colour, so they didn't, so they just had to rewrite that by the script. So they it worked so well. Yeah, it works even better. So it, it, does, it yeah. makes you feel like that's the thing that makes him realise he's a nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, he then goes back home, he's like... I'm actually not going to win this. And it kind of, that in itself is, gives you the, like you said, it gives you the reward in the film because you're like, he doesn't need to win. Like he doesn't actually need to go and win this. Um, and there was another moment as well. There was, uh, 
one more thing where he he had basically insisted on kind of doing this stuff, and I it it made me realize at the time like he his dialogue it would have been so much better because he just everything was his. Mm. You know, like everything mm. that he was saying is like, mm-hmm. I need this. Right. Like, I need this to go right. And it, it's, it's all resting on him as well. And it kind of, you kind of forgive a lot of the clunkiness because it feels quite authentic. Yeah. You know, it feels quite real. Um, Does, do you, do you like, in terms of like his, his, his mental state, how lonely he is or not, or how he's actually faring, like, is he is he all right? Or because we watched that Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, right? Yeah. Have you seen the yeah. Arnie documentary? Oh no, I haven't. No. So Arnie, like, probably lives in many ways an objectively quite lonely, unhappy existence now. But as he talks about throughout the film, uh, well, throughout the documentary, with all these like terrible things that have happened to him, he's almost built this technique of just not allowing himself to think about things to dwell on the awful things his his older brother died when he was in his late teens or early 20s for example and he you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's perspective on that was just like well I didn't have time to you know to to be upset about those things you know this generation all they do is concentrate on their mental health you know all that type of thing you're like okay okay that honestly has been one of the best moments of my week was listening back to the pod and Jack did his measure of audio going wow you're so massive (laughs) One of these, that Jim Bros bit like slayed me, man. Joey Swole. Joey um, Swole, that was it. Um, but do you, like, with this, do you think Rocky is similar? Do you think he, do you think he actually realises that he has this objectively miserable experience, like existence, that he is a bum, that he does just, you know, fight in these shitty underground fights? and Or do you think he just doesn't? allow himself to process that I think he kind of lies to himself like for most of the film the one bit that really stuck out to me was every single time that he's asked about the spider Rico fight he's like oh you should assume you had it real good and <laughs> anyone who's watched the fight knows he was fucking terrible yeah, so it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. awful like he shouldn't even have won the fight he should have been disqualified yeah. for what he did and like every time he's saying this all the time and it's not even it doesn't really feel like he's saying this to other people. He's kind of saying it to himself constantly. And it's like a mantra he says constantly when he's asked about his fight. So I think he kind of tries to lie to himself. There's a few times in the film where you see him realize what's going on in his life. The one that really probably stands out the most is when he comes back from the first fight and stands and looks in the mirror and he's doing his whole act with the moss and the uh, turtle food. And then he looks across and sees a photo of himself as a child. Then you get the contrast between him with his busted eye after fighting Spider Rico and this just innocent kid. And they have the exact same expression on their face, but one looks so much sadder than the other. So I think there are these moments of that, but I think it's it's really, really well done that he doesn't write that too much. I think it's nice that he leaves that for these small moments. And then when you see these small moments throughout the film, you feel them a bit more because the whole time he's trying to tell you that he's okay. And then you see there's like another few other moments where when he comes back from the arena uh, at the end and he lies down and he'd be really, really honest with Adrian about like what has, what's going to happen in the fight and he doesn't think he can actually go through with it. 
those moments feel so much more when the whole time before that you see him running up these streets and like beating meat carcasses and all yeah. that's not a euphemism by the way put that out there yeah. <laughs> that's sort well, of what fun. version do you want <laughs> yeah, yeah. where can I yeah. get this? hang on yeah. <laughs> I was called Rocky 30 yeah. <laughs> Roman numerals not sure there was one number wasn't there, there was one other bit where he um, where he goes to do the press conference and then comes back and he says it doesn't bother me like and then yeah. he walks as he's like does bother me mm-hmm. and you sort of that's where you get the kind yeah. of the bit of him where you're like okay you're emotionally more intelligent than we as an audience perhaps give you credit for the other bit as well that really stings when you see it happen is when he first walks into the locker and he just sees that his possessions oh, are on skid oh, row yeah, skid yeah. row as he calls it and he's kind of like oh you know whatever he says what's going on Mick what's you know and Mick calls him a barman noise and he sort of storms out and you kind of think oh well whatever he's a bit wound up about it but then later on again when him and Mick have that kind of face to face he's like you, put, you took my locker you know yeah. and you're like he has held on to it yeah. it is in there it's horrible that bit yeah though. that was that was grim that bag, oh, there, man, that like... bag looks outrageously smelly yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, smelly. that's like when you play five aside it's the bibs oh, you know oh, the bibs that no one's oh, taken oh, home from that. and you put it on and then your yeah, hand comes and out and you're like oh. Oh, oh, oh. it smells <laughs> like cat weed just before we move on um I wanted to do a quick dive into a couple of the other characters. So if you look at the characters that are around him, how do you rank them in terms of like who has the most redeeming features and who has the least? And I suppose the the four that I'll pick out would be Tony, the kind of guy that is his uh that he's working on behalf of, mm-hmm. Mickey, Adrian and Paulie. So Paulie's last, I think. Right. And why I would put him below Mickey is because I just generally just enjoy the scenes between Rocky and Mickey probably mm, the most in the mm. film I think the best scene in the film bar the final scene is when Mickey comes up into the apartment and he starts talking about like like we were saying about being 76 years old and never had a break before and Rocky needing the manager he's going to help him out all this carry on so I think because I enjoy those scenes so much I would have him above Polly, but you know they're quite close irredeemably so they are <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they are both generally not good people so they're not yeah. yeah um and then above that i think adrian's obviously number one we'll go there there's a lot of complications with adrian's character in the film i think that's the don't big, worry we'll get there yeah <laughs> we'll get that was the big, we're saving a big old face yeah, for that bit hefty chunk yeah that was like oh god yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking like, earlier on when you said show this to 10 year olds to show them the power of hard yeah. work i yeah. was yeah. like yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah with the exception yeah. of one with an asterisk yeah. um, but right. but what's interesting tony right tony's a really nice guy he's like a baddie but a goodie yeah I mean, he is paying people to break people's thumbs, yeah, right? Yeah, like, you know. Yeah. He's like, he's kind of like the sort of baddie with a heart of gold sort of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, go and take your And it's like, his 500, and he's in yeah. the crowd supporting him. Mm-hmm. And he sort of refuses to let Rocky... Yeah. Sort of, even though he won't do his job, he's, he he's, he's, he's the sketchy uncle that shows up to family dinner with a black eye one day, isn't there? Yeah. And you're like, what happened there? And your mum's like, don't worry, he just walked into a door. And then he's on his <laughs> and way he, out. He gives you a wink, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What a nice guy. Yeah, this is lovely. But he, so where did you have those? I would have him probably second, which is. <laughs> 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 
this sketchy long shark. Probably the second nicest guy in this film. Well, you know, the the hit all he did second. was give Rocky a scolding yeah. when he didn't, you know, when Broke he didn't break bones the bones. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. What is the name of that? Tosser in the car. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, Take it to the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take it to the zoo. But the way, you <laughs> wait, you <laughs> back up and yeah. says it again. Yeah, you really feel that, don't you? What I mean about the dialogue? There are so many points here. Like Rocky just says these things. Rocky says the things that you were like, you you know, you say when you're flustered, and then afterwards, you like ten minutes later, you realise the thing that would have been the real singer. He always says the shittiest, like most. Bait, yeah. like rubbish then maybe I'll punch you in the mouth <laughs> so that, but that guy because I, I love it as well like it was because Sylvester Stallone has so clearly based that on some tosser he's encountered someone and he's thought to himself because you know how Tony says just don't listen to him some guys are just like him they just hate stuff for some reason <laughs> and we all know surely we've all encountered that person yes. who's just a knob to you yeah, and you're yeah. and you, and then you get pissed off at them and you think I've never done anything to him yeah. why is that and you think that to yourself and I can imagine this is kind of Great Sylvester Stallone's mm. way of like processing even that like the knob at his gym probably or the guy who maybe turned him down for a role when he was auditioning or something who knows you yeah. know because he captured that so well the guy who just hates Rocky and there's no backstory. <laughs> there's, there's no just elaboration on it. He's just yeah. there to be an antagonist. And to like, take her to the yeah. 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 So So yeah. like third in terms of redeeming yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that has just reminded me of one of the other bits of dialogue. You know that there's these kind of like random lines. And in in um, one of the latter Rocky films, I think Sylvester, uh, Rocky says, "Don't get mentally irregular." <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, don't get mentally irregular. <laughs> like it's like what. What on earth are you uh, talking about? And I think Paulie has a line in here. He says, I'll, I'll break your lips. How does that work? I'm going to break yeah. your lips. I'm going to your lips. Like, yeah, it's, it's so, so bizarre. Um, let's come on and, and talk a little bit. I was going to ask you the key piece of music that stands out from the soundtrack. There's really only one piece of music, but the soundtrack in general, Bill Conti's soundtrack is just magnificent. Yeah, it's, it's the bell. It's like the bell. Yeah. It really gives it, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It must have something so kind of primal yeah. or some sort of fear, but I, I don't know what it is. Imagine writing yeah. something like that that can create that feeling mm. inside of you. It's a matter of fact, watching it back. Yeah. Same, man. Yeah, especially the fight when the... They do like a montage of yeah. like a few rounds of the fight. It's obviously it's not in this one, but because you mentioned it in one of the other episodes. Is it Rocky 2 or Rocky 3? Win! Win! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You lost number two. Come on, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Actually, that's... not that I didn't want Rocky yeah. not to win anyway, but yeah. I really want him to win. Oh, it's because it's, it's Adrian, isn't it, by the, the hospital bed after she yeah. had the kid. Mm, yeah. And she's like, come closer. That is really, really. And that is a good montage as well. Mm. That's a really good montage. But this one, I mean, this one, that kind of scene, you just can't. You just can't help it. And he's not even, like you said, he's not even particularly stacked in this one. Mm. He's kind of quite bulky and quite, like, which obviously is perfect for the film, but 
can't help but be hyped. It makes you want to go out and just start like charging down the street. I was going to say, no chance him and Apollo are in the same weight class either. No, that's one of the things I always think. Absolutely. is like, so jacked. It's great, doesn't it? It looks fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, just sort of tell us about that, what that did for you, that bit of music. Oh, it's just because there's so many great songs in Rocky the whole time like Isla Tiger is a great one as well No and Easy Way Out Rocky oh, 4 I was just going to say that No Easy Way Out is in a car yeah oh, unbelievable but this one I don't know I, I don't like there's any other music soundtrack that hypes me up as much in the world mm. yeah, they even like some of the lyrics in it are hyper corny but I don't give a shit it's amazing yeah. there's a bit where he's running down the docks and the lines are literally getting stronger working yeah. harder I'm like <laughs> okay, yeah bro, get stronger come on work harder because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had exactly the same thing me and my missus when we watch films um, she likes to have the subtitles on so the default setting on my computer or on my Netflix is subtitles on and you do get these really weird little things like um, sometimes the the subtitles they'll actually transcribe what the bits of murmured chatter are in the crowd <laughs> really? so like you just wow, get these nice little lines but then when I was watching the montage you're just like getting stronger getting stronger and I was just like I never thought about this before. That is so wank. <laughs> Banging this carcass. Yeah. Or again, not in that sense. Like, what is it? What is it with us and this, this fucking meat factory? Like, Holly, can you give me five on my own? Eh? Oh dear. Oh dear. Bit of blue for the dads. Bit of blue for the dads. Oi, oi. It just is, it is quite, I think it's quite cool though, the way the music crescendos as well that you get to that point where it's like you said that I mean I didn't realise there was so little f boxing in this yeah. there's only actually four rounds that they mm. show you they show you the beginning and then they show you maybe the second round as well and then it goes to like round seven then you're in like round 15 yeah. <laughs> so Rocky's fist is like half yeah. melted <laughs> 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 what the fuck happened it's almost like held a candle to it yeah. slowly <laughs> I thought it was down. going okay it's like pumpkin a week after Halloween <laughs> isn't it like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so true yeah. but it, but you do get this like you said I've kind of forgotten this as well <laughs> the, the film just ends like it, you get that high point and it's just like yeah. right we're done yeah you yeah. know it's so rare to get a film where it ends at the right point like that where you're just like cool I, I know I'm smoking what keeps setting me off is like recording in this setting now I know bits are like particularly funny because I hear producer Purdy <laughs> yeah, in the corner you see like, yeah, like I see his guy I'm like yeah so okay. good I get it yeah. <laughs> but in that that sets so me off even so more yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, yeah. I love it. Um, so we've done, we've done the music. It's um, gone to our MVP. Who's your, who's your MVP in this one? <sighs> it's got to be Rocky. I think yeah. it has to be Rocky. The whole film is Rocky, mm. and he Sylvester Stallone completely carries this film in every single way to the point where, like, I know there's a, like all the other actors that were linked with this role are probably fundamentally way better actors than Sylvester Stallone has ever been. But no one could have encapsulated this character better. It's actually like in a lot of ways, and it stands out that he's only he's one of like four or five people ever that have been nominated twice for playing the same character. Was he nominated again for two? He, he was nominated for uh, Creed. Oh wow! Yeah, he got nominated oh, best support for Creed. Yeah, and like the people like again with like 
he was the other thing about Orson Welles and Charlie Chaplin, that accolade he shares with Emmons. This is like Cape Blanchett and people like this. These like high rollers in the industry, essentially. Um, I think like he encapsulates everything perfectly about this film. So I think you kind of always want to think about the supporting characters when you're you, you think about an MVP, but it's just it just has to be Rocky. I mm. think it just has to be. We've him. had a few of them, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. Where you almost like want to look for yeah, them. Yeah. I, I, do, I, I do have to, though, at this point, give a shout out to Carl Weathers, man. What, what a man. He's, oh, unbelievable. He, he's on screen for hardly any time at all in this one, yeah. right? At all. But he absolutely owns the character of Apollo. Mm. Like he, and he commands everything. And I, I just, I love how much he captures this sense that Apollo is. He's a showman. He's a great boxer, but he's a businessman. He gets it. Yeah. He understands mm. this industry. And like, we didn't get to expand on this thought much, but what Rocky does touch on quite well is this sense that, because I, th I think this film, it does a lot. It, it talks about a lot. And one of those things is how boxers are used as commodities, right? Mm -hmm. How they, because we sort of spoke about how people want to use Rocky, everyone around him. But what Apollo is kind of doing is like, he, he understands it. He, he gets asked these kind of questions in press conferences about race and about, he knows how the media are trying to bait him mm -hmm. into kind of giving this salacious take that's going to get them all kind of, you know, the, the black boxers said this thing. Because they, they're asking him, well, why are you choosing to fight a white man on the, on the nation's day mm -hmm. and all this type of thing? He doesn't give it to them, you know, he, because he understands his role in the game and he knows it so well and he knows his value to the game that he can own it completely. And I think he conveys that so well as the character, like Carl Weathers is like, he's just brilliant as in like this, like I said, this confident, like entrepreneurial guy who again is like existing in like 1970s America, which, you know, wasn't particularly fun for black people, you know, people of colour, I should say. The, 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 and there was three moments, in the space of about two minutes, there was three things that just kind of set off a little thing in my mind. It was like, Oh, wow, that was like a really pointed inclusion. Like someone says, oh, can I get you a drink? Like, is there more coffee out there? And I know that sounds like really silly, but the idea is like, this is a guy who's grinding. Like he's literally working, yeah. where, go and get me some more coffee. And then he has a, an interaction with a guy who's like, we can get you more units in this space that all we can get you double that in Canada. And you're like, this is in the 1970s. So he's actually thinking about his global appeal in terms of like how he'll be perceived at that time. <clears throat> but we also get enough of an Achilles heel because the character of Duke sits there and goes, you need to see this guy. Like he's serious. He's legit. And he's like, I'm serious. I love that. Yeah, that's I love that really sort of nice. That, that juxtaposition when you see like Apollo doing all the business it's shit in the background. It's a little feed, isn't mm -hmm. it? Like and, a little... and Duke's just watching the TV being like... With his shirt open. Yeah. <laughs> Did he ever have a shirt closed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and straight away at the beginning, he's like, I don't like the idea of you fighting a Southpaw. I don't like yeah, the idea yeah, of you doing that. Yeah, he yeah, says yeah. that the second they just get Rocky Balboa's mm -hmm. name out of this Rolodex of anybody, it could be, let's throw a dart into mm -hmm. this, you know. Rocky Balboa, I like that. I can sell that. Yeah. I can sell that now. The Italian Stallion, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind of interesting though that, you know, when we were talking about the, 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 the boxers, commodities thing, it, it feels like his character has very much internalized it. He's mm. like, I know where I sit in the food chain. I am the main guy. 
he has actually some level of control over it. Rocky just seems to be a total mess with the people <laughs> around him. Everyone around him is just like lynching, you know, sort of like just trying to get leech off every last little bit that they can get him to the point where he's got shamrock meats on his hood. I actually don't know. I don't know the uh, the answer to this, but I would be interested to know who else, because Carl Weathers has, shared the screen with both a prime Arnie yes. and a prime yeah. Sly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, is, that is because he did, he literally did within a few, within a little while of each other, he did that. Um, he, he would have been one of the only ones, right? Because I can imagine, because having seen the Arnie Tribal. documentary, that Arnie's probably thought, I want to be with him. I want to be with Carl yeah, Weathers yeah. as well. You know, because I've Sylvester Stallone's done I want Apollo Creed in my film yeah. as a mug off to Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Perhaps. And they know. probably both also would have not liked the idea. They probably would have had their people that are like, mm. you're mine. You're one yeah. of my sort of yeah. mob. Do you know what he I mean? Actually, he originally wasn't even supposed to be in the film, so he wasn't. Really? They were supposed to get, and I think this is something they've kind of fallen foul of since then. Uh, they were supposed to get um, Ken Norton, uh, the boxer, to be that character so they were, and then they really? changed their mind. So they had a, a, but then when you see, when you think about that and think about the process of going from we're getting an actual boxer to getting him yeah. and he, him being so good to then fall kind of foul of that a bit in like Rocky V for example when I can't remember his name Tommy something Tommy the Machine yeah, Gun yeah. yeah yeah him when he's like an actual boxer so he is and stuff like his performance is so flat in that film yeah, so it is in comparison to the well. and they end up having a street fight don't they terrible I've got to say though shout out to Tony Bellew in Creed he's actually alright yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's pretty right, decent yeah. Like, yeah. can yeah. I get you then just before we move on to the kind of like really important question can we rank the Rockies Ooh. oh okay including Creed no okay Rocky yeah. 1 okay. through Rocky Balboa okay so uh, last place Rocky 5 Dreadful. Terrible. Like, a real shit Legitimately bomb. shit film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the technical term. Yeah, that is the industry. Yeah, Commonwealth yeah, regulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I think Roger Ebert no, found okay. that first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that, and then probably Rocky Balboa after that. Um, and then, uh, you know, Rocky Three probably mm -hmm. then. Um, and then... So I think Rocky Three is like fundamentally a better film than Rocky Four, but Rocky Four is just like fucking insane. It's Iconic, just like Rocky it? on steroids. It it's is insane. It's we get like five montages in that. Like yeah. like half montage. <laughs> 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 the film's like eight well, hours long. It's insane. <laughs> just to draw my Rocky Four is the one when he's fighting in the Soviet Union. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. he ends the Cold he War. Yeah. He ends the Cold War yeah. and the entire of the, the, the Russian Politburo, as they yeah. call it, on the thing, but now turn to applaud yeah. Rocky. Yeah. And he's like, people yeah. can change. Yeah. Everybody can change. Had that happened in reality. Like, what's he saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he he definitely would have been taken out the back of the woodshed <laughs> yeah. and had a bullet put in his head, wouldn't he? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Rocky died on the way home. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Like, that change. is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Rocky 4 comes in ahead of Rocky 3 for yes. you yes and then it's <laughs> it's a I don't know I need to rewatch Rocky 2 I do love Rocky 2 uh, I'll put Rocky 1 number 1 and then Rocky 2 I, I think as a but film as a film like he rates it as his best mm. ever as his best ever work mm. so like it's tough to kind of like put that but I think Rocky 2 has got some really, really nice stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Like some really, really nice stuff in it. Can I just give you my one hot take before we please, go on to the, please, to, please. The, to the fine one and war crime thing? 
is having just having just talked about Eight Mile a couple of a couple of episodes ago, right? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone needs to have a word because Eight Mile they have basically just rebadged <laughs> rebadged Rocky. Yeah, they yeah. really have, and I really <laughs> felt that when I was watching yeah. it this time, like yeah, almost yeah. like shot for shot, mm. note for note, beat for beat, all of it. Eight Mile is Rocky. Yeah, and that's it is. Yeah, and and he, like if you look at if you even look like, look at the layout of it all. Like everything is kind of looks exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah, the same kind of moments of them walking around these deserted <laughs> streets, yeah. kind of just asking about. You know, it's it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, so. but the, I, I, the thing is, is like um, Eight Mile even kind of managed. We, we even said it in the pod. We were like, oh yeah, it's almost like these are like fight seats, and we were yeah. watching this back, mm. and I was like. Oh, that's why. These are <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, right, should we, should we do it? I can't, there's there's, there's probably like a few bits in the fine wine or war crime section. Yeah. Uh, who wants to take first dibs? Okay, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it light to start with. Go on. Um, fine wine is the soundtrack. Yes. Like, I want to ask you, where does it rank in terms of greatest soundtrack of all time? Because I think it's in the conversation at the very mm. least actually i've got a, a confession to make first as well on this i actually when i was in philadelphia i listened to the soundtrack wow. <laughs> i did the run i did the run like a total need like, yeah. you you to be- nothing nothing at all uh, yeah. what, are you, what are you talking about nothing it's a bit of bruce Springsteen, you know you have to do it <laughs> and I, even, I even like turned down the volume on my headphones just in case you know you're gonna hear me you know you go faster you're gonna hear what they're listening to I I went to like half volume because yeah. I panicked that people would be like, you absolute loser. You know, if you ran past, they're probably like, yeah, there's another tourist. Yeah. 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 It's just like, you should have asked. But that does tell you that. It's probably the only, it's probably the only film I could think of where that would have where you that maybe chariots of fire mm-hmm. you know like it, it, it's got that kind of connotation with it that you would go and do a workout and then you crack it. i mean eight mile as well to some extent but the it's up there it's up there with the greatest ever mm-hmm. and we've had some good ones so far yeah. as well i feel like there's a there's a good few john williams numbers in like john williams is like Jurassic yeah. Park, Jurassic Park, i mean the star wars kind yeah, of star sound wars. like scores I mean, he's got a lot, hasn't he? I'm trying Indiana to remember. Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. E.T. Jaws. <laughs> I'd even say Pirates of the Caribbean squad was amazing. Yeah, Hans Zimmer, isn't it? It's Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yeah. Hans Zimmer's got some bangers too. Well, mate, yeah. I mean, I'm I've, talking like him. He's like David Guetta at this point. He's got some bangers. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember when David Guetta stopped racism single-handedly? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I thought I had successfully scrubbed that from my mind. That is put that in room oh, one. Oh, God, that is incredible. Oh. Out of the ones we tell you what, here's a tough question. Out of the films that we've reviewed so far, would you say that this is the best soundtrack? So I'll just blast them off mm-hmm. for you and you can shout. Okay, Mrs. we've got to take Beauty and the Beast off of there. Sorry. It just oh, that's, that's cheating. That's, that's, but that's a musical. That's cheating, music, isn't it? Is, that is cheating. Is it cheating? It's, cheating. it's, it's a different type of soundtrack, Otherwise, nothing wins. But when you say yeah, soundtrack, Beauty and the Beast, you do think of the Beauty and the Beast song. 
before any other song. Listen, don't get started on this. Are you going to say it? Beauty and the Beast is in the conversation. It's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's it's Beauty and the Beast very much. We've got Godfathers is yeah, very good as well. Oh my word. Gladiator. Pretty Woman's was a yeah. gladiator. You were listening to the opera and the soundtrack I on was, the way yeah. in. <laughs> God, this is difficult. Broody but it, long story short. <laughs> Walking through London, like, mushroom clouds in my eyes. We used to listen to the Dunkirk soundtrack in the office. Like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. Cause it had like, it had the, um, what was the, what was the song that they, Elgar's, song uh, um, yeah Nimrod Nimrod mm. they had, he did a version of Nimrod but then the song after that and the soundtrack was just like a siren going yeah, on for yeah, about yeah, five yeah, minutes yeah. so Jack Supermarine <laughs> you get this yeah. it's called Jack we've got a Nimrod and then we've got oh that's really nice and he's like it's one of those but it is one of those things where that just comes on in the score right you're working along and then you suddenly like, mm. why am I feeling really yeah. like, Why is my heart like beating? And you suddenly just realise that the music has gone into like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. and you'd be in the office at like ten pm, you're like staying late, and you just this is really chilled yeah, playlist, yeah. and then suddenly that would come yeah. on and scare the life out of you. So yeah, in answer to your question, it's brilliant, and we're going to have to go away and work out a league table. Top five. Ooh, Didn't yeah. someone? We had a really amazing comment that someone sent us. I'm so sorry, Perth can you find the name of the person for me if you've got it but we had this unbelievable comment where like, it's so cool that someone basically picked out basically was trying to see where our brains have gone with the character the um, actors and actresses that we've picked mm-hmm. out and they kind of worked out who we've had a lot more of so far so maybe we can do a league that was amazing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah cool? I remember you saying that um, and, and we maybe can do a bit of a league table for the um, for the score Oh, Lars. Storbeck. Storbeck. Thank you so much for that comment. It was really, really good. Um, uh, Yeah, so we'll make a little league table of of those. I feel like there's an elephant in the room, though, mate, that we don't, you know, in terms of this fine wine or war crime, uh, we've been nice. We've been scaring around it. And I'm amazed that we managed to get this far through the podcast. Do you want me to go two footed? (laughs) Yeah, go go Alfie Harlan. So I, I, I totally get, right? I totally understand when we're watching a film from 1976 in 2023 there are going to be certain things that that don't stack up um but at the same time i I have to say watching adrian and rocky's the 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 end of their first date shall we say was i would say one of the most uncomfortable experiences i've had watching a film back in a very long time in a very long time I would, and I don't even think it's dramatic to say, pretty much a 10 minute rape scene, <laughs> like in the film. Like it, it, yeah, yeah. It was so uncomfortable. I would actually argue that it's the, that it's like a, if you took that as a, as a 10 minute piece of like film, it would actually be like a good warning to show like these are the signs. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean? right. like, 10 year old boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, yep. but it does make you think, doesn't it? It's like in 1976. That was what the hero of the film of best picture yeah. was being yeah. put up as. It's like, what were the attitudes at the time? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because it was like, it was almost like you go through minute by minute of that sequence and you're like, well, well, we can do that. I mean, like, <clears throat> he purposefully, number one, like, we know Adrian is, she's very, very nervous. She's a very nervous mm-hmm. person. She's, she's got a certain 
childlike naivety to her. Um, we have to assume that she's quite young yeah, as well. Right. Like, They've had this date that she wasn't particularly comfortable with the idea of going on in the first mm-hmm. place, but ends up being coerced into by her brother and by Rocky not getting away from her bedroom door. But they have that nice kind of date where they're ice skating and everything. Rocky then walks her across, after telling her like, you know, this town's full of creeps, it's dangerous, all this type of thing, walks her across town to a part of town she's not familiar with, to his house (laughs) and says, come in. And she tells him repeatedly at that point, I'm not comfortable with this. I need to get home. I need to go. And he just ignores her, walks into his house and just kind of signals for her Mm -hmm. to come in, which she reluctantly does. And as soon as she goes in, he locks the fucking door behind her. He reaches over her and locks the door behind Does her. Does also make a comment outside as well, which kind of quite uh, manipulative to be like, sort of like, if you don't come in X. I thought he was like, yeah, he doesn't he say, like, there's dodgy people out here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then, well, as we, as we all know from that point, it's her standing at the other side of the room away from him as he sat on this horrible old sofa that's covered in beer cans. Yeah, so many like, beer bottles behind yeah, him. And like, then he says there's like, doesn't he say there's like bugs over there or something? Yeah, so come like, over to the beer couch. <laughs> and just like when she repeatedly says, I need to go, I want to go, walks over to her and called us her. That, one more before that, she's like, can I use your phone? No, I've... It doesn't oh, work. Re- yeah, oh, wow. I need to call my brother to tell him that I'm safe. No, it doesn't work. Maybe I'll call him. He shouts out the window, yeah. and you're like, "This is butters, man." Yeah. And it just kept so getting worse. And I was like, yeah. it, "It made me." I was like, "Can we? Can it stop now? Like, please, yeah. can it stop now?" And then when he went and physically like yeah. trapped her in the corner, you were like, uh, "Yeah." I, as as we were watching this back, like you know. Charlotte isn't like easily offended or anything like that for anybody who wants to like cast aspersions about this before. But like she was sat there watching this with me and she was really like, wow, like yeah. this mm-hmm. is butters. Yeah. Like this is really, and like the point she was making that was so true is because you were touching on there the fact he's the hero of the film. She's like, this is 1976. It's written by a guy. It's completely male gaze. Yeah. And what it's showing to a predominant, let's be real, like it's going to be aimed predominantly at young men mm-hmm. and well any men really this this movie that just just be persistent lads just be persistent yeah. yeah when she says no she really means yes and if she tries to go she tries to run she's not really trying to run away she's just a bit shy that's all that it is and what it really made me think about like from from that was the the film the last duel as well i don't know if you've seen that ridley yeah. scott's film with jodie comer and adam driver mm-hmm. and matt damon which is it's essentially it's a, it's a medieval story, but it's about a, 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 I think it is based on a true story about a rape trial from the medieval period, and it's showing you like the two sides of the story as it's told, one through the male gaze and one through Jodie Comer, the victim's gaze, and the male gaze side of it pretty much plays out exactly like this Rocky right. scene where he's like, it's fine, she's just a bit. She's just a bit nervous. She's just a bit shy. She's never had a boyfriend before, but I'm here to to show her what a man is kind of thing. And I think like, it is one of those things where I, I do understand that we need to kind of caveat this stuff. Like I say that this is written at a different time when there were different values, but really what we need to reflect on is not the fact that, okay, well, it, it was just a bit different back then. It's like, well, 
no, that was like, that was rape culture. And we still feel that today. And people don't like, you know, there's a lot of guys and a lot of women as well. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Like that think like these type of conversations are people just looking in, looking for this stuff. They're looking into this stuff too much. But like I said, like throwing back to what Charlotte was saying is that when you have got a film that is predominantly aimed at men and it's saying, go on lads, just lock her in your house, stand her up in the wall and don't let her go. She'll give in eventually. That is, that's a Hollywood movie. All right. We'd like, we said it's a low budget one, but it's a movie that made $225 million in 1976. I would imagine inflation adjusted. That's close to like a billion nowadays. A lot of people saw this film and that was the culture at the time. And there are things like that, that, you know, you quite rightly wouldn't see in a film today because people do need to unlearn a lot of that type of shit, that whole kind of, you know, baby, it's cold outside yeah, type, you know. Yeah. She says no, but she really means yes. Like yeah, it's, it's sort of like hardwired into that period as well. So yeah, it is yeah. like, it's a, it's a big amount of, it's a big amount of undoing. But what was even more scary or not even more scary, but what made it all the worse was the fact that Paulie's character is so grim to his own sister like in terms of like the gaslighting and the manipulation and the stuff that he does to her as well in terms of him being like you're a loser you've slept with a man so now you're worthless that her entire value to him is based on whether he can get her married off to this guy and that then he won't have to worry and she there's a really nice point in the film that she sort of I had a little bit of a like oh that's not because I'd forgotten about it, that she sort of flips the tables on him and she's like, I look after you. Yeah, like yeah, it is yeah, me yeah, that yeah, looks after yeah. you and I'm the one that is making sure that you're okay. I cook for you, I clean for you, I do everything for you. But it, <clears throat> but Paulie throughout makes these constant comments. The only reason why she goes out on the date with him is because Paulie said like, what's the point in you? There's nothing to you. You've got nothing about you're a loser and you're, and he even says it to Rocky. Mm, and he, yeah. he it, like he, he he kind of makes his point like what do you even see in her it's sort of like this is it's kind of it's so it's, it's so unnecessary mm. it's just so unnecessary but then equally and this is not to have a go at Sylvester Stallone it's a bloke writing it yeah like he's he's writing it and this is kind of like the Rocky's never portrayed as he's, he's portrayed as like this kind of like stoic lonely figure that's going to try and make his way mm. we don't get anything around oh what's Adrian's identity we never get anything yeah. around how is she going to find mm-hmm. her way in this film. It's just like she is a just a total victim of circumstance. I, th- I think like we talked like you were talking about earlier, Jack, like with the when he's talking to like the twelve year old girl and he's trying to give her these life lessons about you don't want to seem this way, you don't want to seem that way again. Again, it's all just male gaze shit, right? Yeah, like, have a clue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is this is kind of the whole point. Yeah. He's he's going to take this. It's <laughs> pictured as the save the cat moment. It's pictured for all the dars in the audience to be like, oh, he's a good man. He's yeah, a good yeah, man. Yeah, he's yeah. saving. Proper, proper, he's yeah, telling yeah, this yeah. this little girl not to be a slapper and all yeah. that. But you know, it's because she was hanging out with her mates. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, and like the scary thing as well. On top of that, like you mentioned, save the cat, like. The whole Adrian storyline is like a save the cat thing. <laughs> yeah. Look how yeah. emotionally available Rocky is. Like he's a lovely guy. He's getting this woman out of her shell and stuff. And the way he goes about it. And I hadn't watched it in so long. And when I was watching that scene, I was like, there must be like one bit of dialogue. 
just like some sort of consent at some I point. Yeah. And the really, really, really bit that made me feel like even more uncomfortable was at the very, very, very end where he goes, I'm going to kiss you now. You don't have to kiss me back. And it's like, that's so yeah. Do you know, bad. Yeah. Do you know what the line was for me? It was she, she, she actually used a line that we now, I believe in like schools, teach young girls to say when she was like, I'm uncomfortable. And she like audibly was like, mm. I'm not comfortable. And you're like, oh, this is, this is just grim. That scene, that scene just in general, I don't, I don't think, I now look at it, I, I get, like you said, it's 50 years ago. I get it. Like, but that scene now, I would literally pull it. Yeah. What would pull it? This is exactly what I wanted to ask you is because now we're seeing, especially with, with streaming sites, right? There's this split down the middle where some of them, I think Disney Plus are censoring older films for this type of content mm. now. Um, I can't remember which one it is. There's, there is one quite famously that they have, they've cut a lot of, uh, I think it's the use of the N word out. Right. And people talk about this as in like, well, but they're trying to show that this guy was an unpleasant character. And there's a whole debate about that. But I do wonder like on this, it's like, if you're not going to be censoring or, you know, cutting parts of films out, I, I honestly felt such an aversion to that scene that I think at the very least, as some of the other streamers do, put ahead of the film, there is certain content within this that yeah, yeah, definitely. is yeah. not kind of 100%. really okay in a 2023 that's that's not how they put it there yeah. some of this content is not okay <laughs> you know like there's a, there's a nicely worded message. I, think Warner Brothers, I think warner brothers is like yeah there are many attitudes and opinions reflected within this film that are present within a society that xyz you know and i don't i don't think it's being overly sensitive to suggest that this scene in particular probably should carry that red flag because the films the film would be better without it anyways because if you look at the ice skating scene like you can maybe look at that as like a nice moment where he's taking her out just on a nice cute date yeah and then after that it would cut to them two being in the house watching him on tv and he's eating his apple with a fucking knife which is like the weirdest thing ever (laughs) it's insane but anyways not the point um but it works without that it works better without that like it's one of those things where like he talked about it like in writing the film and stuff and he was saying like he wanted to make like a good old film he wanted to make a film that could have been played in like the 40s and stuff and kind of go against the grain of what 70s films were at that time which is this kind of anti-politics anti-america thing after watergate and you see like a lot of the films that were nominated for best picture this year it was like network all president's men Mm. and stuff and rocky is very much a different sort of film to that and even mentions about like the fact that there's no cursing in the film and you you don't miss it and it's like well if you're not going to if you're taking away the cursing and stuff that got there you don't need you also shouldn't be showing scenes like this of like a sexual nature as well on top of that it's not really necessary it's so long doing. the scene it's is so long it's so uncomfortable. uncomfortable and then he and then she's essentially like married off in yeah. the next scene they're yeah. like married yeah. after that and then it's also really <clears throat> awkward that she's like they have this like terrible scene and then after it she's just like 
never wearing glasses again and just oh, like, this yeah. is her like yeah. coming out of her shell yeah, and getting the prettier things and I hate about you yeah. oh my movie. god I literally yeah. wrote that down on my notes it was yeah. Janie Briggs yeah, like, yeah, 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 what was yeah, it yeah. it's yeah. it um, I think it's called Not Another Teen Movie yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and she's got pain on her overalls yeah. like, <laughs> as if like this woman could be unlikable yeah. because she's got glasses and yeah. she's a bit uh-huh. quiet like I'll get her out of the show a really good point you made there about the um, the kind of attitude towards America but I, there was a line that stuck with me as well that Apollo Creases and the, the one of the people in the press conference goes it's, it's very American and he goes no it's very smart mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's a real dig mm-hmm. like, that's a real like barb that he's, that he's given in there um, <clears throat> is there any other things in the fine wine of war crime section I mean I had I, one other thing is I had Mickey's character actually felt a bit that was there's some like toxic shit there at the beginning in terms of him really digging out Rocky for just not being an alpha male like for yeah, not yeah, having yeah. made it to the apex yeah, of the yeah. hierarchy you know like is it, it was just a bit butters like I thought Mickey's character at the beginning was just a bit crap but I, I that sort of part I can almost take more on the level that is a bit more intentional he's supposed to be this old yeah you know weather beaten old unpleasant guy you let me down when you did yeah make it yeah exactly yeah. so they're almost like putting a negative lens on him quite consciously i guess that yeah. would be kind of one thing i would i would kind of look at and but. i think as well like with Polly as well like on what level are we supposed to like Polly as well like i never really got where i'm supposed to like Polly at a lot yeah. of points in it and i feel like when there's such there's such a huge misstep with uh, Rocky Balboa as a character with Adrian, that am I supposed to be kind of rooting for Polly at some points in this mm-hmm. film too? Because at no point did I really root for Rocky, uh, root for Polly. Sorry, in this film at all. He weirdly does get a redemption arc, doesn't he? I yeah. think it's in Rocky Four, like where he kind of like bursts into tears <laughs> and he actually is like. Like you're the only person who's actually valued me ever at any point, um, which is which is I thought was quite quite interesting. Um, should we do the ratings? Yeah, go on. Should we, should we go to? The... Yeah. Do you want to guess? Oh God. What, watching IMDb. IMDb classically hard to please. Hmm. I'm gonna go IMDb. I'm gonna go for like. What well, they're like out of ten, aren't they? Out of ten. Yeah. Let's go eight. I'll go eight. Eight point one. Oh, very well played. There we go. Okay. Nicely done, IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes. So you're looking for a percentage hmm. here. I'm going to go for... I might go like 94 or something. Well, critics, certified fresh, 92%. Oof. Audience score, look, come on, we've got to do a bit. Look, can we have a look? I think that's, that's probably yeah. the Adrian stuff. That's probably rewatching it and seeing that <clears> for what it was. Have a look. And also, Let's like, see. when you look at the film, like, with the Adrian stuff too, is like, so much of it as a love story and the fact that the love story is like so clunky in it does hurt the film in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to find some of the low rate. It doesn't allow you to sort, sort of the, uh, sort the, the, sort yeah. the human, not the human, the, the user ones. Um, Jim R says, kind of dated. This is a three star, three out of five. Kind of dated. Not bad though. Still worth watching. I'm not interested <laughs> in watching any of the sequels. Shame, yeah. because Eye of the Tiger's a banger. Yeah. Evan G, two and a half stars. I thought it was a good opening to the series. Why are these people, like... I'm amazed. It was one of the things I noticed as well when I was doing research for this, that there was a lot... I really expected there to be a lot of people that picked up on this. 
um, that what we picked up on, it didn't come up so much. And I wonder whether people just want to turn a blind eye because it's a best picture yeah, winner. Yeah. You know, like people okay. want to just ignore it. Courtney Kay, meh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure why so many people rave about this movie, to be completely honest. I've seen a ton of reviews and I understand where people are coming from. But watching it for the first time today, I just wasn't impressed. I also have a slight aversion towards people <laughs> yelling dash loud people in general. Which, <laughs> You're going to hear Rocky then. <laughs> which there are a Hate lot of. Hate noises. You're going to hear Rocky. This is not your so I'll take full responsibility for this review. Maybe it's not the movie. It's me. So, uh, I can't believe this. You're on like page three and there's not a single one where it's sort of like actually. There was. I read a, there was a BBC article about it and it called it the worst big film ever. Wow. But not for the adrian reasons it was more for like things like yeah and also something that i did not think of at all is like the story is what they put it as is like okay the reason why rocky won is because he worked really hard and apollo creed didn't right that's kind of of really baseline what you're talking about there but you know this is an article written by nicholas barber just for anyone that's interested. What, the the worst big film? Yeah, it was a hit when it first played in cinemas 40 years ago, but today Rocky looks lame and shoddy. The gloves come off as Nicholas Barber looks back. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> big top line. Big Nick. <laughs> um, and what was, what was it? Was it Metacritic? Metacritic, 70%. Okay. Oh. 70%. Do you want to see some of the... Uh, let's see. Let's see if we can find any of the, the mixed reviews. Uh, <laughs> Dave Keir of Reader says, I wanted to like it more than I did. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> Richard Schickle in Time said, the story is achingly familiar. And though Stallone has a certain power, he's certainly not the subtlest actor to crawl out from under Marlon's overcoat. But the picture goes most wrong in the conceit that it employs Rocky to lift out of the clubs and into the big arena for his title challenge. Uh, there was like, do you know what? This is this annoys me a little bit because I was thinking when I was watching, like every b- bracket or genre of film has to start somewhere. Do you know what I mean? There's been so many films yeah. since that have tried to do Rocky, mm-hmm. but there can only ever be one that does it at the beginning. And I do feel like it was era defining. I do feel like it is the. I feel like that's the original script that everyone will go back to. Yeah. You know. What uh, what what sort of other films do you think it has? Because I I would immediately go to what like Mighty Ducks. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, yeah. We've got Chevrolet. Oh god, I, why has my mind gone blank now? It's <laughs> yeah, the worst time to do it. As I think, moment. oh, here's a good talking point. Well, yeah. I haven't got anything to say though. <laughs> we do other than Mighty have... Ducks, which I think I've brought up about fifteen <laughs> times across the course of Bring Your Own Blockbuster podcast. So we had the fighter, didn't we? Oh yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Um, uh, there's like Cinderella. What do you call it? Cinderella. Just Cinderella. Well, I guess it is rags to riches, yeah. quite literally. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we had glass uh, and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mean Machine with Vinnie Jones. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's cl- <laughs> claims that like Erin Brockovich could have like taken sort of some sort of part from it. Karate Kid. Invictus. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He actually um, the director directed Karate Kid. Really? Yeah. There you uh, go. Uh, Rebadged it. Uh, John Ivelson or something do you call him hmm. the guy who directed Rocky directed that and he was also supposed to direct Serpico and get kicked off it really yeah God John G. Ivelson yeah um, and I think that brings us right final thing if you're watching if people haven't watched Rocky and they want to watch it for the first time what size screen do they need to watch it on Ooh. I I would say just a TV. I re- it's such a like to me 
the Rocky series is such a I'm, I'm, I brought it up right at the start. It's such a I'm flicking through the channels. Yeah. And at 10 o'clock, it's on ITV4 and I'm sitting down. Yeah, exactly. I actually think this film and the sound, and because it's so low budget, the sound quality is horrific Isn't in this film. Just, really, yeah. really terrible. Um, things like that. If I was to see it on a big screen now, I'd probably be like, oh, it's kind of yeah. rough. But on just a normal TV, happy days. There's bits where some of it's dubbed. And literally their mouth is like out of sync yeah. with their Mickey's work. Yeah, like, down, stay down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. The Paula so Creed's going like, I want you! Yeah. 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 And his mouth is just yeah. flapping around like a goldfish. <laughs> I want you! <laughs> oh, it has been such a pleasure, Jack. Pleasure, Jack. Thank you so much Thanks for, for joining me. Well, that's Great all right. Oh, you missed him. <laughs> where can people find you where should people hunt you down uh, oh jeez uh, Derry <laughs> <laughs> come and give it a go yeah. Yeah. come on then BT4819 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah just catch me on Twitter uh, Keltio loves Jack still the, I might have the worst Twitter handle in the world but I'm, I'm here we'll now. put it in the description people can find it nice and easily yeah, and also it. October Yes, October in White Bear Theatre in Kennington. Uh, that's where Best Pints was originally. Right. So, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back there for on. five nights. Yeah, But there's one, you, like, you can fuck off now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. See you yeah. Complimentary bottle of water on the way out. <laughs> yeah. um, what are we talking about next week, Mr. Ben Hayes? Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit more control than usual because we've kind of broken in the cycle. Do you want to go older or newer? Oof. And I'm not talking like massively old, and I'm not talking like massively new. Just what you're leaning towards. We've just done an older one. Let's do a newer one. Okay, um, I am gonna go for film with a little bit of action. Okay, but. Uh, unfortunately for you we're going to have to get super deep again like we've literally just done next machina I'm going to go fairly deep but I'm going to go from a more political point of view this time around I'm going to do V for Vendetta oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh mummy that was literally I was saying to Charlotte the other day I'm going to choose V for Vendetta no in way. the coming weeks yeah yeah oh, I love literally that. so uh, I, I, do you want me to tell you what the other film was or not shall I leave it in the armoury yeah leave it in the armoury okay fine leave excellent uh, make sure you follow at BYOB pod Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. I hope Thank you enjoyed Jack. this. Was, Should we do this more often? Yeah, let us know. Fun. It's really yeah. good fun. I yeah. really, really enjoyed that. Thanks, Jack. Cheers See you next time. Appreciate it.